0: There we go. All right. Way to hit your microphone right as you uh, count it down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. This is episode 18 of Ruminate. I am Rob Lewis, and with me as always is Mr. John Voorhees, all the way from Chicago. Hi, John. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? I'm very very well, John, how are you
0: Oh uh, good. We were just talking before we got started that both of us are finally recovering from our various colds and things slowly, but surely hopefully uh by in two weeks we'll be even
1: completely we won't be as stuffed up as we've been in the last couple of weeks, yeah, with a bit of luck uh I kind of got unlucky because I had the week off work and then mm. I got ill I was like, of course, 'cause when else would be when else would you want to be ill other than when you've got a week off yeah. but, uh, but, yeah, as you say, we're both both kind of feeling better. So, uh, so yeah. Well, oh, I'm
0: going downtown today, uh, Rob. I'm going to a, a Cubs baseball game. Actually going to go see sports ball.
1: I, I, don't, I don't know how baseball works, John. I know. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, the way baseball works is you go, you have some beers, and you talk to people, and you mostly ignore the game. At least that's how I do it because I'm not a big baseball fan. Um, sure. The Cubs are a good team this year. They're, they have the distinction of having uh, – not won the uh, the World Series longer than any other team, um, goes back. I think I'm not gonna. I should probably fact check this on Google, but goes back a long time, early 1900s. Um, but there's, they have one of the oldest stadiums in the U.S. Plopped down right in the middle of a neighborhood on the north side of Chicago, so it's a lot of fun to go to. And they just, they just did a bunch of renovations, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of, a, it's, it's kind of fun to go to those. It's in a neighborhood that I used to, close to
1: a neighborhood I used to live in when I lived in the city. And it's supposed to be good weather today, so I'm looking forward to it. Perfect, sounds great. So oh, I do know the Cubs because that's the, the team they mention in Back to the Future too. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. That so I do, so I do know who they are. All I right. didn't know that was baseball, but there we are. Good, I do now. Good. Well, I'll send you some pictures today and
0: and you can find them on Telegram, which we'll talk about later.
1: Definitely. Um so we had a little bit of uh follow up from last week cuz I kind of rambled through talking about the uh the alt attribute on images in on Twitter and and stuff like that and uh Frederick sent in uh some feedback about this and yep. basically I was completely wrong. Um what you actually want is what Twitter are doing, which is, if there is no description, what you really want is a, an alt tag without a value, um, which is exactly what they're doing. Because um, this will indicate to the screen reader to not read it, um, but indicate that it shouldn't have a description. Uh, otherwise, it will read the URL of the image, which is obviously a terrible idea.
0: Right. It basically lets it lets the screen reader skip over that
1: particular element, right? Yeah, basically, it kind of tells it. This is intentional. This doesn't have a description. Right. Don't try and read the URL or anything else. Right. Available. Um. And he was, uh, was kind enough actually to set up a a demo page with uh, with four different examples. Um. So one with no attribute, uh, one with no value, which was the the scenario we were talking about last week. Uh, one with an empty string, and then see one with a you know a full descriptive uh string. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, we'll put that demo page in the in the show notes. It was it was quite useful. Um, I mean, it's the kind of thing I probably should have known, um, but it's it's just not something that's uh, come up very often for me. But uh, yeah, the demo page is pretty useful. Yeah, uh, if you just want to kind of try out how a screen reader sees those different versions of images.
0: Right. No, that was definitely helpful. I mean, it's always nice to have a um, like a real world, world example like that. And um, thanks for sending that f- feedback, Frederick.
1: Definitely. So um, I think that's pretty much it for follow-up. We don't, didn't get anything else this week. Um, so I guess we can move on to the first topic, which is, uh, you've titled it perfectly, the uh, the Reddit fiasco.
0: Yeah, this was kind of a debacle. I mean, this happened this past Monday night, US time. Um, I got home and um, there was a lot of activity in the Mac story slack because it had, been, it had surfaced on Reddit that third-party Reddit clients were disappearing, and it wasn't just one or two. It was it was a lot. I mean, it was Narwhal, Antenna. Um, there were at least two or three others that just disappeared on Monday night, and no one knew exactly what was going on, and the, imme- the immediate suspicions that started to surface was that Reddit had something to do with it, which turns out not to be true, um, because the Thursday before, um, Reddit had, had uh, released their official client, um, and Reddit Reddit had the um the same feature in it that these other apps it turns out got pulled for,
1: yeah, so this was this was really strange um what was kind of funnier to me was that I kind of saw this story went to the app store to you know see if you know just to verify it and uh and narwhal had a you know huge update um that wasn't actually related to the pull it was obviously an update that had just come through and a, and even just that was like, well, this is a good app, you know this is a good developer. They're obviously, you know, sticking to all the rules and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so they got pulled. Am I right in I'm trying to understand this? This was because they all had a switch to turn on and off uh, what Reddit calls not safe for work content. Is that right? That's
0: right. I mean, the, if you go to Reddit on the web, they have a setting on the web that does effectively the same thing. Um, but all of these apps had that as well, including the Reddit app. They have a, a switch in the settings that lets you turn that on or off. Um I'm not sure which whether it was on or off by default in each of these various apps um but they had the switch and you know you could you can you can view that switch in one of two ways I suppose one is to view it as a way to block not safe for work content and another one is is to view it as enabling that and I think that's what Apple was viewing it as frankly
1: Yeah it's kind of especially in the context of reddit it's kind of an interesting um the way to phrase it because although you know it, it's titled as not safe for work which in general would you know what does app- apply to things like you know porn and things and you know the kind of stuff that you genuinely don't want to look at at work right um but because reddit as an app is kind of you know as a, as a website is kind of a little bit hacked together um a lot of the subreddits will use not safe for work flag for uh spoilers um, and, and stuff like that.
0: Oh, interesting. Um,
1: so it kind of it has this kind of secondary effect that if Apple are saying, right, you can't show any of this not safe for work content or however they want to do it, Um, if you're in, a good example of this is like Star Wars. If you're in the Star Wars subreddit, they will use the not safe for work flag for any posts or images that include spoilers for like new films or trailers and things like that. Um, I mean, the, the clients seem to be coming back onto the store now um i I think i've seen narwhal back there maybe no yeah Um, definitely Uh, this
0: this was a very short-lived story because a lot of these apps were back the next morning um yeah what, what happened with narwhal was you're right they had a big update coming out that that had all sorts of other features and they got stuck in review not because of not because of what was coming out in the update but because of the switch and i suspect what probably happened is you know, with the Reddit app being um, being approved just days before, um, someone within App Review started taking a, a hard look at these not safe for work switches and decided, you know what, this is a problem uh, across the board. And the problem, I and you can argue whether that's a good idea. I mean, I think it's a bad policy just because um, if if a not safe for work switch um, isn't allowed, then I don't know how browsers are allowed. I mean, the reality is, that, you know, they took out the switch, so. Uh do you know, Rob, what the default is on Reddit on the web? Um whether it the not safe for work is turned on or off? I
1: I can't remember on the web for definite, but I, I know um that uh Narwhal, the app, definitely comes that comes uh to so its it's off by de uh, sorry, it's on by default, so you will see all content. You'll um, see all oh, okay. Yeah. Um and I and I think there's definitely this this kind of misconception. Um that not, not safe for work only means porn. Um, right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen on Reddit, you know, see it all the time, where it will get flagged as not safe for work and it will be, a, I don't know, a sign with a swear word on it. Right. Because um, I think it really depends where you work, um, you know, because some, ple- some people work in offices where the line is is nudity. Um, but, you know, some people may not be able to look at things that have got swearing in or or, or stuff like that. Um so yeah I think that's generally why they come you know with the not safe for work content as as showing by default because it's just kind of how reddit works. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But you know, the thing that bugged me about
0: this even more so than the the policy change um, was the fact that these apps were just summarily pulled down from the store, um, as opposed to giving these you know developers some time to to change to accommodate it. Because you know, for instance, Narwhal they had a big update coming out. That switch has been in Narwhal forever. I mean, some of these apps have had th- those switches for over a year. Um, And nothing really changed between, you know, say Sunday night and Monday that changed that for um, end users. You know, it didn't, there wasn't anything particularly dangerous about this. It wasn't, you know, threatening people's uh, data or it wasn't some sort of crashing bug. It was just a policy change by Apple itself um, that led to them taking these down. And, you know, what I think they should have done personally is say, give them 30 days Take you know, change this. It's it's a policy change. You might like it, you might not like it, but you either comply with it, or we take down your app. But give people some a reasonable amount of time to fix their app. Instead, they yanked all of them down, and people were left scrambling overnight to, to
1: pull the switches out of their settings. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, and this policy even and of itself is just complete crap because there is not safe for work content. In, in every single app, you know, Twitter and Tumblr are t- two, the two big examples I can think of. Like, it, it's not like this stuff exists or doesn't, you know, in these certain apps. It pretty much exists in every app, assuming that you can connect to the Internet. Yeah. Um, or you can connect with other people.
0: Well, that that's why I think someone look, find, looked at the switch and decided this was like a turn porn on switch. Um, as opposed to, you know, someone... I think that I don't know. I think it's a you know it it was a little too close to press this button to see porn in someone's mind, and that's just a guess, obviously. But it seems to me that that's probably what was going on. Um, but you know, Apple did, I guess, to their credit, expedite reviews of these apps after they took out the switches. Um, but you know, expedited review. It, I don't know, it should, they should, you know, the developers should have been given some time to get their ducks in a row and get this out. It doesn't have to be a long time, but it. they should have been given some, t- you know, what if someone were uh, away on vacation, say, for two weeks um, and they couldn't get to it? They'd, their app would be down for two weeks. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I know you kind of said, you know, to Apple's credit, they gave them expedited review. I mean, I would hope so because, you know, they pulled these people's revenue stream, presumably. Like, if this is the only thing they work on, and their app isn't in the store, even if it's only for a few hours. I mean, that's a, you know, it's a significant dip in income. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, the cynical view, obviously, is that the, um,
0: the expedited review was more about this story not blowing up, um, because it was, you know, the story was largely dead by the next morning, at least U.S. time. So it never really got legs. I mean, it it got reported on a lot of sites, but um, by the next day, it was mostly it had mostly blown over.
1: Yeah, do because as you say, I mean they they'd kind of all appeared back in the store by that point. But um, yeah, I mean I just think this kind of policy change, where or, or you know these changes where Apple suddenly decide to pull apps. I mean this this really needs to stop happening because this is like every week or two. Yeah, um, it, it it seems like every single week there's a story where a perfectly legitimate app is being pulled from the store or being rejected for some arbitrary reason, and the only way they get back in the store is by, you know, going to a, a you know, a news site or it gets reported by a news site. Um, and then, you know, somebody at Apple sees it and presumably goes down to the review department and tells them to stop being ridiculous, let this app back in.
0: Right. And and I think it does a lot of damage <clears throat> within, the, within the developer community. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that really makes people skittish, um, you know, and not, not, innovate and not push the boundaries because they're afraid that any false, any, any, at any moment their app might be pulled without any kind of discussion or communication. I mean, it's comes down to communication. It's a lack of communication by Apple about, especially here where it's not, um, you know, it wasn't anything new or threatening to customers. It was just an internal, an internal interpretation of a rule that was different than the way they interpreted it, say six months prior. Um, I think there 's got to be better communication they, and the other thing I think is a shame here too is that I think um you know uh, there was some there was immediate suspicion about Reddit itself because they had the new app that just came out, and apple didn 't take down the Reddit app even though it had the switch, which is kind of interesting um so immediately people started speculating that Reddit might be to blame for the takedowns of third party apps, which they weren't um, but you know they found themselves kind of defending uh what they were doing. Uh, as soon as these these apps got taken down when they had nothing to do with it at all
1: yeah as you say i think i think it just affects far too many people um for apple to to not do something about it you know they really just need to make sure everybody knows what they're doing and and is on the same page but it just, it just seems like this happens far too much
0: yeah, it well, yes, it Tampson's far too much, and I know that's one thing. I saw Federico tweet that night. He's like, you know, I feel like I'm writing this a story about this every week, and it's kind of true. I mean, it, it happens constantly, um, and this was just a particularly big one. Um, and I don't, it, you know, as I said, I don't think it got real legs mainly because it was corrected so fast, and two, um, Reddit is a little bit, I think, outside the mainstream in terms of what people you know I, I don't think it affects as many people as maybe we think it does i mean reddit is big but um it tends to be a little uh, geek centric and i think it didn't you know so it didn't get picked up say by you know major new, major um general news sites and that kind of thing
1: yeah definitely so um talking of the the app store <laughs> um you've put the little uh, the little table flip guy uh in the uh in the in the show notes um this is the story that uh, Apple are considering paid search in the uh, or you know promoted search in the in the App Store. Yeah, and I really don't like this.
0: Yeah, this um this is an an article that originated in Bloomberg, and I think it was a more general article that there's a secret team of a hundred people working on uh, changing the App Store, and one of the things that was reported as being considered is paid search, which I think is done on the Google Play Store. Um, And I guess on one level, first of all, I think that this is probably not worth getting upset about yet because this is one of those things where um, it's reported that a source says that someone's thinking about maybe doing something. Um, And, you know, I, I think... If you're going to revamp the app store, you really should consider everything, including probably this. I would discard this idea very quickly, but it's worth thinking about. Um, It just strikes me as there are so many problems with search uh, and discoverability on the app store that putting in paid advertisements uh, into that stream is not a particularly good way to help customers find what they're looking for. I mean, you'll end up with, I mean, at least in my mind, it, 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 I, you know, it feels like what we'll end up with is something like um, a Google search results page where you'll have to scroll down past the two sponsored links at the top before you get to your search results. And if we have that on the app store and then the search results below that are just as bad as they ever were, um, that's not going to help anything. And this is going if, to, if this were implemented, I think it would be very damaging for small developers because they're just not going to be able to afford um, sponsored links.
1: No, definitely. I think we're, what we'll end up seeing in these sponsored slots is uh, kind of the same thing that you see on uh, the Facebook ads and and sometimes Twitter as well. Um, you know, it, it'll be the Clash of Clans and the the Candy Crushes that will spend money because you know that they they can afford to spend the money to even if it's only a few users because they're you know the the return on each user they get is is so high. Um, you know, they already spend so much on advertising. This wouldn't be a problem, but as you say, I think smaller developers just it's just not going to help them at all yeah no
0: I agree completely with that um so I'm just going to keep an eye on this I'm not going to get upset about it (laughs) um if it actually came to pass I would be very upset about it but um I'll believe it when I see it so
1: yeah I think you've got the right attitude though because as you say it's it's kind of more of a a rumor and a source and a source of a friend and it's it's kind of a little bit little bit out there but I think you know it's just worth mentioning
0: yeah, and what, to me, really, the bigger story is that there's a lot of smoke around um, changes coming to the App Store. I mean, there has been a lot, of, um, a lot of articles appearing here and there and whispers and so forth that make it seem as though this is actually happening, and I think that's a good thing. So, um, take the optimistic approach and, and hope that Apple is, is rethinking the store and that when they do make changes, that they don't make changes like this, but they make changes that actually um, benefit users. Sure. So, Rob, we should talk about messaging and what's wrong with messaging, because we've both been kind of messing around with um, different things, including Telegram recently.
1: Uh, yeah, you told me, uh, I guess it was maybe the beginning of the week or maybe last week about uh, the uh, so Mac stories have their own channel. On, on telegram now yep. um and you kind of sent me a link and you were like get on telegram this is this is where all the cool people are so i you know <laughs> I, I i did already have it downloaded um because i've got a couple of people on there but uh but you know i joined the channel and um and and yeah i think we've both kind of been thinking about this for a while but y- you look at something like telegram when you compare it to iMessage and you know telegram is just kind of worlds ahead in, in terms of uh features that it's got yeah, it really is,
0: and I mean, I think probably one of the main things that's holding iMessage back is the compatibility with SMS, because um, you think about it, you know, SMS can handle media, um, but not in the same way some of these other apps can, and I think if probably one of the things that holds holds iMessage back is that if it were to implement some of these more advanced features, um, you'd have a strange you'd have a difference between messages you get from people who are not on iMessage and those that are, um, where you'd have very simple messages coming over SMS and then you'd have, um, you know, this more rich media heavy feed coming from other people. And I think it might confuse some people.
1: Yeah, I think you're definitely right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, well, I guess we should tell, talk a little bit about what Telegram does so that people kind of understand it. My understanding is it's it's a little bit like WhatsApp. I've
1: not used WhatsApp. Have you? Uh, no, I have seen it. Um, somebody actually, just before we started recording, uh, David uh, described to me on on Telegram that uh, WhatsApp is kind of, uh, or, or Telegram is kind of like a cleaner, nicer-looking version of WhatsApp. Okay. Um, they, they kind of function the same. Um, WhatsApp UI is a little bit strange on, on iOS, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, they're, they're pretty much the same.
0: Yeah. So with, with Telegram, you've got, for instance, if you post a link, you'll get a little preview, um, at the bottom. So you get a little preview of what the link looks like. Um, if you post, they have stickers, um, let's see what else you can do. Audio clips, uh, that you can post all sorts of things that really aren't available in, um, in iMessage, it's got you know obviously got video and and photos and that sort of thing, um, but we started at Mac Stories, I started fiddling around with Telegram back towards the end of February with Federico because we were thinking about it in terms of is this something good for the club? Is this something that would be good for the site in general? And and we've just kind of messed around with it for a couple of months before um, he set up the set up the channel, the Mac Stories Lounge channel. Um, I think it was. It was just over a week ago. It was about eight days ago. I think it was like on a Friday night. And um, he and I and Graham just started posting a few things. Um, if you go all the way back to the beginning of it, just to kind of drop a little drop a little content in there for when he opened it up. And then uh, with just a tweet on a Saturday afternoon, uh, it started and it's grown pretty quickly since then. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, for us, it's like a nice informal outlet. And behind the scenes type thing for people who want that kind of thing uh, without clogging up Twitter with a lot of this sort of thing. Um, and to just have a little fun with it. It's, we didn't use Twitter because you know got, you've got fewer multimedia options on Twitter. And with the 140 character limit, it's kind of it, it's, it's too limited and we, you know we wanted to have be able to do this easily and quickly and um, get it out without too much trouble. And this has been working really well for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, I subscribed as I say when you uh, when you sent me the message and told me to, um, and, and yeah, I think I think you're right. Like it's the, the 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 amount of options you've got there to to post different types of media, and you get inline previews, and uh, I mean they have stickers as well. Which again, I think when we hit a feature like that, and I'm like, well, yeah, all the messaging apps have that except iMessage. Um, you know, Facebook Messenger has that, WhatsApp. Um, I'm sure there's a few others. I'm not thinking of but pretty much all the messaging apps have all these features now um, right right and it's an iMessage really just doesn't
0: right and things like stickers seem a little trivial but they actually are kind of fun um it's just like emoji on steroids i think you know that looks pretty good um and they're fun to use um one thing that's also kind of nice for us is that we didn't want to be managing a community and dealing with you know with all that that involves so this is really just you know, it's, it's a publication channel. It's just, um, in little small snippets, which, um, makes it something that doesn't take a lot of extra time in order to participate in, which is kind of nice too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, um, as you say, even from a subscriber's point of view, it's, it is kind of nice to, to almost not be able to reply. Um, I'm just kind of looking at things and I'm just consuming it and that's done. Um, Whereas I think, you know, kind of on Twitter, if I've got something to say, I maybe don't necessarily think about it straight away. I just send it. Um, so it's 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 kind of nice to just have this. Here's a thing. Just look at it, enjoy it, and move on. Like that, there isn't kind of any uh, extra interaction there needed from me or, or, you know, from you guys on the other end.
0: Right. Yeah. No, we've had some people who wanted to be able to provide feedback and it is a little weird sometimes posting things, but not really having any kind of feedback loop. Um, but we've just pointed people to Twitter. Um, and that that's worked pretty well. Cause if someone really feels strongly enough that they need to provide us some feedback on something we post, it's easy enough for them to, you know, tweet at the, Max uh, Mac stories net, um, account or me or Federico or Graham. So that, that's actually worked out pretty well. And I've gotten a little bit of feedback here and there. Um, the, the, uh, the thing though, I mean, so it's good for that. And that's a channel. And I guess, I mean, this is the other thing that's different from my message is that something like Telegram, it's not just um, messaging between either individuals or groups of people. You also have channels. And this You know, the Mac Stories thing is a channel, which is really just one directional. We, you know, we post things and people can subscribe and they can look at them. It works a lot like a mini Twitter. Um, There are also bots, which are pretty cool because with bots, for instance um you can subscribe you can there are bots that are pretty much just rss feeds and you'll get a, a notification when if a site has a bot uh it'll you know you'll get a notification and if it's a link uh you'll have a little a little preview of the article much more so than you would get on um on twitter um and there are other bots that do all sorts of things you can you know search Giphy or youtube or find find stickers or search wikipedia it's just a bunch of them. There's a Spotify one, pretty neat.
1: Yeah, it really is interesting and um I don't know, I mean maybe at WWDC this year we'll we'll see some improvements to uh to iMessage, but you know, I'm not massively hopeful. Um and and I think to be honest, a lot of people just kind of use whatever messaging app other people are using, so Well, you it's- know, look. Yeah, people the, just jump around between different different messaging apps anyway.
0: No, that's true. I mean, that is the one downside of Telegram. I mean, I only have a handful of people who are using it who I know. I mean, you're on it and and Federico and a few other people that I know, but um but uh yeah, for the most part, I mean, my you know, my in real life friends and family around here are not on Telegram. They've never heard of it. Um so now I've got, you know, like three messaging apps at the bottom of my screen. I've got this iMessage and Twitter, basically, uh, for my three main communication tools.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, ho- you know, hopefully they'll they'll add some improvements. But um, you know, it's it's nice to just see see what's available on on uh, these other messaging apps. Because um, I kind of mentioned to you, and I, I've said a, a couple of times that I'm I'm seriously considering Android. Um, at some point, so um, I'm kind of looking at what the alternatives are to to iMessage and things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one nice thing about Telegram is it's on all sorts of platforms too. I mean it's on Mac and iOS and Android. It's even on Windows Phone.
1: Oh wow, even on Windows Phone,
0: it so, is. Uh, it is because I, I we've been you know, I've been looking at uh, what all the things it does, and and you can get at it just about from anywhere, um, which is pretty nice. I, I wonder with iMessage whether you could somehow split up the UI and and f- you know, create some sort of distinction between better than just green versus blue messages for SMS versus iMessages, and then you know have more rich uh, interactions with something like with with you know the iMessage ones.
1: Yeah, that would be quite nice, but um, who knows? We 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 shall see.
0: Yeah. All right. So, what else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about text expander and how that we're, we're full of all sorts of kind of um fiasco type stories this week i think
1: yeah well I, I just want to mention this i mean i don't want to you know they, they they've they've backtracked and they've ch- kind of changed it but um you know i don't want to don't want to kick them while they're down but uh tex expander released uh kind of a new update and it was a subscription um subscription based app in the end so it ended up being i think it was like five dollars a month or something like that and um i think a lot of people including myself kind of saw that and thought is it worth five dollars a month to me like you know I, I like the app but I I couldn't really justify kind of fifty sixty dollars a year or whatever that would work out at um and then I guess a few few days ago I guess it was they um they've made some adjustments and changed it to be I think it's twenty dollars a year now right um so you know I mean I, I think that's good you know they've kind of listened and and made some changes but Uh, I mean, I I said to you before we started recording, I mean, I've already switched to, uh, to a different app, um, because I was kind of, I was already thinking about upgrading Text Expander because I was on an old version. Um, and then this kind of happened and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to switch somewhere else and and be done with it. Um, because I, I I don't really use a lot of the advanced features that Text Expander has. Um, but I, you know, I'd certainly consider it at, at $20 a year. That's a, a, a lot. Um, a lot more reasonable, uh, to my mind than, than $5 a month.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, it's, it struck me that what happened here in part was, I mean, obviously it's hard to make a living on software these days. And they were, uh, they looked at a subscription model and they ha and, uh, smile has, must have a decent number of companies using text expander internally. Um, so they kind of hit on this idea of a subscription model that, uh, centralized your snippets, um, online so that you could sync them as well as share them with other people. Um, and I don't know what happened, but they were, when they updated, they didn't really, those were the two main things that were added. They were the, um, the syncing and which the old text expander already had via either iCloud or Dropbox, um. And they also added the ability to share snippets with other people, which I think makes some sense in an enterprise situation. But I don't think that that is something that there's a lot of need for for individuals. I mean, I've never felt the need to share a snippet with anybody else. Um, And so when they switched not just to a subscription model for, um, for companies, but also for individuals, I think people looked at it, felt like they were having the simple sync solution of Dropbox and iCloud taken away um, and just swapped out for something, you know, proprietary to to smile uh, and adding virtually no real features that appealed to an individual. Um, And, you know, as a package that combined with um, the price that was being uh, charged was was unattractive to a lot of people. And the nerd, you know, there was a lot of nerd rage, as you always get when something like this happens. Um, but they have rethought it, and I think they did the right thing by going to a, a model for existing users that's $20 a year. So if, you've, if you're a current customer of, of Text Expander, you can get that deal, and it's a lifetime deal, um, which makes it, I think, work a lot better for individuals. But I think a lot of damage was done in the meantime. There was—I don't know—was it like five or six days between when this came out and when they um, they introduced this other plan? And uh, you know, I give them credit for doing it. Um, and I feel bad that they they took it on the chin with a lot of customers as a result of it. Um, but you know, I think it's tricky a lot of times trying to negoc- trying to navigate between you know enterprise solutions and uh, individual. Um, software customers and they're very different markets. And I think this kind of just proves that out a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, this kind of goes back. We, we spoke a couple of episodes back about, uh, subscriptions and kind of hitting this kind of hitting a peak. Um, we, I think we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, memberships or websites and things like that. But I think this kind of falls in that same category that, you know, if, if, if everything I use suddenly becomes a subscription, I really can't afford to use everything that I use. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's a good thing and I can kind of look at what I do and don't use, but I think maybe not every company can be a subscription based uh software. Like, you know, maybe they maybe there are some companies that just need to work better as a kind of single purchase or you know, even if it's a yearly price. Um
0: yeah, I think models like this are very hard for utility apps. I just just the way utility apps work. Um, I think the paid upfront model works the best. Um, it's also not one of the most attractive in a lot of ways for, de- for developers, but uh, I think that's what people expect and, and, and works best. Um, with customers. There's a interesting discussion on Under the Radar this week, which is a little, that touches on some of these issues because um, David Smith just released Activity Plus Plus about a week ago or so. Really nice app. Um, and after having talked, I think, on an episode prior to that about, you know, would he do an ad-based model or would he do um, something else, he ultimately ended up charging just an upfront three dollars uh and he talks a lot about why he did that um and i think it plays into this sort of thing a little bit
1: yeah it's 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 interesting but um i mean i i'm kind of glad that you know it's um that they've rethought it i think to some extent i think maybe they just uh they maybe overvalued their app a little bit compared to the expectations of their customers um you know, $60 a year was maybe too much for something that I think probably a lot of people are maybe like me and you where we don't use a lot of the advanced features. So that kind of high, high-ish price tag per year was probably not worth it. But, right. So, um, you know, the, as you say, the balance, is, the balance can be hard, especially if you're going after kind of the, the enterprise software. But, um, but yeah, good for them. Um, you know, I, I hope I hope the Texas man stays around for a while. Um, you know, although I've, I've switched to, uh, type it for me for now, um, you know, it's always nice to have options and, uh, you know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll have another look at it in, in six months or 12 months or something and, and see where they're at.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to stick with text expander just cause it's what I know. And I hadn't switched to anything else. Um, so I'm going to keep using it. Although, um, right now I don't think it's on my laptop. I need to reinstall it. I did, I did kind of r- rage uninstall it at one point, <laughs> so <laughs>
1: Anyway, so um, let's uh, let's get on something more cheery because we've uh, we've been a bit uh, been a bit moany uh, <laughs> yeah. today. We've got a few few kind of moany topics, but yep. um, I guess that's what happens when you you know when you like something you uh, you can you can moan about it a little bit more. But, yes. Uh, so um, when I was waiting for you to uh, to get onto Skype, I tweeted out if anyone had any questions, um, and I said, right, you've got five minutes. If anyone gets a question, in, um, we'll answer it and. Uh, David sent us a question and said, uh, what do you do to first contact somebody? Do you send one-line emails? Um, if I was going to send an email, yes, I'd probably make it as short as possible. Um, there's, a, there's a good episode of uh, Hello Internet. I think it's uh, maybe five or six. Uh, we'll find it for the show notes where uh, CGB Grey talks about kind of the, the perfect email. Um, it really should just kind of be as short as possible. Um, the first paragraph just explain what you need to do or you know what it is you need from the person and then if you want to kind of go into a story or you know backstory or whatever do that after um, but I mean to answer David's question I mean in general I guess I would probably go to Twitter for most for the most part um, if it was just kind of a, a quick question I had or um, you know I might just say what's the best pa- best way to contact you and you know people will come back with an email or you know, maybe a messaging app or something like that. Um, what about you, John?
0: Yeah, I guess it really depends on who I'm contacting. Um, I do use Twitter a fair amount. Um, DMs are a good way. I mean, I stay in touch with a lot of developers, you know, when I'm looking at software for Mac stories, DMs are one way that I, that I talk with developers. Although at some point, a lot of times I just move it. You know, suggest moving it to email because the problem with DMs is they get kind of buried, and the thread. You know, you end up with these threads that are a little hard to deal with. Um, I, I don't like email a lot, but it is nice to have it there as as a reference, um, especially when people are sending you links and and other things. Um, I kind of prefer to have it all in one place, so that, um, yeah, that that's kind of a good way. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to find people's email addresses though, so I, yeah, I do use. Probably Twitter the most and email second. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I do.
1: Yeah, I think um, you, you, you've kind of hit a good point there, though, Johnny. So you know, people's emails are hard to find. I think maybe that's probably by design for a lot of people. Yeah, um, it is. So <laughs> they'll deliberately hide those so uh, so that you can't get at them. But,
0: yeah, so, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I. I it- I I prefer. It depends on what. Like I said, it depends on what I am contacting people for. If I am trying to do a review of something, I'd rather not do it a public at reply if I don't have to, but I will. Um, And but but that's just like you know work type stuff. (laughs) Max twenty. Yeah, sure. Um, If it's if I am chatting with you, I'll take it to Slack first probably. Sometimes I you know I message right. Um, Yeah, sure. Maybe or I message or Telegram now. I suppose. Um, <laughs> unless you've got your notifications turned off for me, which you probably do, I don't. I oh. don't.
1: You still have notification privileges right now, Joel.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Um, so a lot of you know friends and people I deal with, uh, and family and that sort of thing. It's it's most mostly iMessage, I'd say. Uh, and if uh, there's a Slack involved, it's Slack. Like I never send emails to any of the Mac Stories guys, really. Uh, that's entirely slack, and and sometimes there will be the only emails that are ever involved are, for instance, if somebody contacts um, someone else and they and they think you know this is something you should look at, John, not not me, and they'll forward the email to me. But other than that, we never talk, we never use email
1: to communicate, and you
0: and I don't either, right?
1: Oh no, definitely not. Other than the the terrible emails that we get from uh, Dropbox Paper when one of us edits the document. And oh so, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, there is that and and then every now and then I'll I'll send you the uh send you the simple cast uh, my my share of the simple cast cost and that that's a one of those PayPal
1: emails. Yeah, exactly. But uh anyway, so um that was the only question we got but thank you David anyway. Um d- go for it John you you've put this link in here i'm not sure what it is you wanted to uh, to say about this, this oh photo. nothing
0: this is just a photo of, of rob and i think Jess right is she in the picture too i got to look
1: yeah yeah that's Jess my girlfriend yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh, at the zoo um in one of those things where you look you know they have the cut out face and it's it's the two of you with a bunch of meerkats and i thought it was funny
1: <laughs> uh the, the the really fun part about this photo um so it was just the two of us that went to the zoo and uh, because yeah, we one... went on a tuesday it was it was quite quiet uh-huh and um this photo is actually two photos that i photoshopped together um oh. because there was nobody there was nobody to around to take the photo for us yeah you did so a good, we... you did a good job where did you split it uh well i actually cut out one of the heads um i kind of lined it up and made sure the angle was right and then just cut out the head part and put it on top of the other image oh i'm impressed that's a good job so, uh, yeah, but it was uh, so, yeah, it was quite quiet. Um, there wasn't really anybody around to ask to take the photo at this yeah. particular point. So I just said, oh, I'll tell you what, let's take two photos and I'll deal with it when we get... Uh, we'll deal with it in post. Uh, <laughs> that's good. So, uh, so yeah. But, uh, yeah, zoo zoo was fun.
0: Yeah, it's so, a good uh, time to go in the middle of the week like that. I'm sure it was pretty quiet.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. I think there was... You know, there was a f- kind of a few few old couples, and there was, I think, maybe one school, one bus full of kids, uh, uh-huh. like school kids. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, we we barely even saw anybody the whole day. Um, we were there, kind of maybe four hours.
0: Yeah, I liked your penguin picture. I saw that kind of penguin when I was in um, South America,
1: and it was pretty cool. Yeah, we got really lucky, actually. Um, I, I guess maybe because it was quiet, but um, in the the penguin kind of enclosure. I uh, guess um all the all the penguins are just kind of hanging around really close to the the edge where you can actually stand um oh, okay so we were able to get um get some some really nice pictures
0: oh that's cool I went to a um an island in Chile that had um where a lot of the the penguins breeded um they're they're Magellan penguins and they were um and they smell awful when they're there by in the tens of thousands <laughs> they smell pretty bad
1: so um right oh I think that's um that's probably it for this week. I think. Uh, I think so. Covered lots of different things, inc- including meerkats and penguins. So um, people probably weren't expecting that, but there you go. Yeah, I think this week we got to tell people where to find us and tell them where to find us on Telegram. Exactly. Uh, let's do it. Uh, you can find. How does Telegram work, John? Do I have a username? <laughs>
0: you need. Uh, <laughs> you need a link. Telegram.me, and for me, it would be Telegram.me/slash/slash/maxstories. Um, uh, sorry. Telegram slash
1: me slash Max Stories. That's the best place to find me. That's generally where I hang out. We're totally nailing this, John. We're, this is really good. Um, and I guess I think I have the same username. So it'd be telegram.me slash RM Lewis UK. Yeah. So
0: that's that. And then there's always Twitter um, at John Voorhees, which is J O H N V O O R H E S. And then writing over at Max Stories and making apps over at squibner.com
1: and uh yeah and i'm on on twitter same username RM Lewis uk um and and uh yeah if you, if you follow me on twitter that's normally where i post everything so um so yeah i think that's it for this week sounds good cool see you later john
0: okay bye-bye